0: Top sport with Michael Abramson
1: to talk about the sport of wheelchair tennis. It's Patrick Celepe, and I trust that the players in wheelchair tennis are a little bit more tolerant of the officials. You don't get the abuse that some of the umpires get. I will not too much
0: <laughs> 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 because it's a conflict of interest. <laughs> I mean, from player wise and then you know, and official wise. But I can tell you, it's no different between able-bodied.
1: Uh, it, it depends on individuals right. how they behave
0: on court and all the stuff. You find players like Nicodias and then all the stuff So it depends Top Sport on SAFM The Recap on Top Sport with Michael Abramson
1: and just reminding you once again of the quiz question, I'm looking for a soccer team tonight. Here is the clue. They made history in the cup final by beating previous champions via a penalty in stoppage time, scored by a current Bafana Bafana International, who ended the tur- as the tournament's leading scorer that season. It was a major upset. Who is the team and who is the man who scored the penalty? So if you know the answer, 614 104 or 0860 002032, or tweet us at SAFM Radio. But let's get into our rugby chat. There's so much to unpack in the world of rugby. It's a great pleasure to be joined on the show by Ashfaq Mohammed, the IOL Cape Times sports editor, to talk about various happenings in the world of rugby. Ashfaq, good evening to you. Welcome, and thanks so much for your time.
0: Thanks for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure.
1: Let's talk about rugby. Uh, firstly, plenty of things happening this past weekend. Let's start off with the fact that we will are guaranteed to have a South African side in the semi-finals. The Bulls against the Stormers, repeat of last year's final. Uh, both sides licking their lips about that one. How do you see that match going?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a massive one at the Cape Town Stadium. You know, Michael, it's been become sort of a grudge match over the last few seasons in the URC because the Stormers just have the wood over the Bulls at the moment. I think they've they've won like five in a row between the two of them. You know, so uh, Jake White is really eager to, to get one over John Dobson and the Stormers. And, you know, it just seems like uh, despite the, the Stormers having ended third in the log and the Bulls sixth, yes. the, the momentum just seems to be with the Bulls uh, over the last few weeks. You know, they went through a terrible run of 10 uh, defeats in a row across all competitions, the Champions Cup, UFC and Curry Cup. But then they turned it around and started uh, w- winning again against Chirikwas in the Curry Cup with the URC team. And then followed up with a 78-pointer against uh, Zebre of Italy. Mm. And that really seemed to have given them the, the confidence Either just before the playoffs. Because then again last week, OK, it, it wasn't the strongest Lancer team around because they are already top of the log. But still, to score 62 points again... You know, and it was a good performance because they went right through to the end, you know, kept going and kept up uh, piling on the points. And that's all you can do no matter who's the opposition. So they certainly got momentum at the moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A statement win. As you say, you can only beat what's in front of you. And going into the playoffs and the Bulls, I know, are excited about the challenge to try and turn around the form against the Stormers. But the Stormers, as you say, over the course of the season have done particularly well. They might well have ended second had it not been for that Munster comeback late, late in the game two weeks ago so the Stormers have had a, a, a far better season but as you say Bulls carrying a little bit of momentum into that one so it's going to be a real key battle I want to ask you also about the Sharks who now I believe Ashwak, and maybe you can just explain to our listeners why this has to happen they've got to win the tournament to qualify for next season's United Rugby Challenge I was reading today so can you just explain how, how that works and what are the rules in place that make sure that the Sharks can't be invited back and, unless they win the tournament
0: yeah, it's such a complicated situation, you know, because they, they're trying to accommodate the Welsh teams as well. And, you know, there's another uh, tournament called the European Challenge Cup that's also running where the Lions play in that tournament. And what happens is that if if the winner of that tournament is one of the URC teams, which I think it could be Benetton or the Scarlets, then they will go through to the Champions Cup as winners of the Challenge Cup. Mm. And then they will take up. The place of the last qualified team on the URC log, which is the Sharks, because the Sharks in at eighth, so then that piece, that that's a. a Overpower sort of takes over that, that position because they they would win the challenge cup. So you know, despite at the moment uh, uh, you know the Sharks are in it, but uh, if Scarlett or, or Benetton win the challenge cup, then then the shocks uh, can be knocked out. You know, um, so 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 yeah. So it's a real pity for the Sharks because you know uh, they've got such a powerful squad, mm. all those Springboks, but it just hasn't happened for them because uh, the, the box was also on a, on the three and a half week training camp uh, with the national side. And so they missed out on this play for quite a while there, you know, and following the long international season as well. It's just like the Sharks never really got momentum throughout the season, and that is why they ended up now eight on the UFC log.
1: And as you mentioned, um, in the match against Munster on the weekend, they led 22 points to three, a very, very big lead yeah. at home. You shouldn't be throwing leads like that away regardless exactly. of the even with Siakolisi limping off the field. Uh, I'd like to ask you about that and what his prospects are now going forward. And also, do you think that upset the Sharks to that extent? Or was it just a, a really good second half performance from Munster? Yeah,
0: I think it's about both it, Michael, you know, because he is such an inspirational figure and, you know, his work rate is immense. He really gets involved everywhere across the field. So you see a guy like him, even though he got injured early, he tried to run it off and he played on, but he just couldn't uh, continue. And, you know, at the moment it's not looking good. We saw a message from his wife, Rachel, earlier on, on Instagram mm-hmm. asking for people to pray for him, you know, if he can come through. But the information, we've just got a, a story now on the IOL Sport website, from one of our rugby writers, Lytton Quirkman, is that it's not looking good for him. Um, he's had two specialist opinions already. They're recommending surgery, but apparently he's going to go for another specialist uh, visit tomorrow to make a final call.
1: Well, so,
0: you know, it's a knee ligaments, and you know, knee ligaments can be anything from three months to nine months. If the worst case scenario is nine months, it uh, would be an ACL uh, ligament injury, then he's out of the World Cup, most definitely. So... Yeah, yeah. The nation's holding his best now over the next 24 hours. We hope for the best, but yeah, at the moment it's not looking good.
1: Indeed. Well, that's, that's really terrible news. If it does turn out to be the case, let's just hope that he recovers quickly and can play in that World Cup. Another man who said farewell to the home crowd in Durban was Thomas Dutoy, the tank, they call him. Uh, not not a, a match that he'll remember fondly, particularly because of the results of it, but Sharks losing some big players next season.
0: Yeah, look, and then they also now need to reinforce uh, on the coaching front, you know, there's been talks of John Plumpty coming back to, to, to Kings Park. Uh, that seems to be on the cards. They're just signing out the last few details here because New Powell, uh, who's the director of rugby, had to take over the coaching role after they fired shown Everett mid season, I think they lost a the Cardiff of thirty five no or something at at King's Park, you know, so they needed a change there, so you know on the playing front and the coaching front, a lot of uncertainty at the moment in durban, and, and you just wonder you know uh, what's a, what's the correct formula because you know we had Jake White uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that we need to get our overseas box back in South Africa playing for the South African franchises mm-hmm. the sharks foot of. Have- uh, win that route with their pop-heavy Springboks and it hasn't worked out for them, you know. So, I think it's maybe a, a, a mix of both that you need. You need some top guys like at the Bulls. They've got Kirkley Aronser and Kane and Woody who've made a massive difference since they've been back in the Bulls team. Nice. But then you also need guys who sort of just under that who's going to be available all the time because, like I said, with the Sharks, they had most, uh, a lot of starting Springboks who weren't available on camp. And and now they must start trade Champions Cup rugby, you know, so mm. so yeah, so you, you've got to have a balance here I and mean, when you look at um, budgets, uh, salary caps as well, you only have so much to spend competing to the teams in France who, you know, they, they bring out their cheque they buy the big stores like Jason Colby's playing here, you know, so yeah, so yeah it's, it's a difficult balancing act.
1: You mentioned briefly earlier in one of your answers about the Curry Cup. To what do you attribute the success of the Pumas? Is it the fact that they maybe don't have to release players to the other competitions and they can concentrate purely on the Curry Cup? Because their their form this season has been incredible, albeit that they managed just a last gasp win against Western Province on the weekend.
0: Yeah, to be fair, I mean they've only got the one competition to worry about, you see. So yes. so they were they had a long pre season. They were almost like you know, back in the old days we had the curry cup starting in, in April and then nas Bota said the curry cup isn't on in May. It's almost like that for them, you know, they've got a whole proper pre-season from November till March and then the Curry Cup starts so they primed and, and everything is geared towards this one competition that they can concentrate on fully they don't lose players having to play Champions Cup or see one week then they come back again which is what happens to the, to the main franchises you no, know, we have to mix and match every week so, so yeah, certainly that after few must get momentum. But credit to them, you know, the must all be done on the pitch, and they're producing on the field. Jimmy Staunch's teams always played entertaining rugby, and they are to beat. You know, they pose also with Saki.
1: Ashfaq, there's so much more that, uh, again, I want to unpack with you. There's the issue <laughs> that came out last week about the um, due to uh, viewers who are colorblind, the situation that the Springboks will have to play some of their matches in all white kit. There's so much to explore. I think we'll have to invite you back on the show pretty soon to talk about all those topics. But thank you so much for your insights into the world of rugby. And hopefully you've given our listeners a much clearer picture of what is going on. Thank you for your time and look forward to chatting to you again soon.
0: Thanks, Michael. Thanks
1: for having me. That's Ashfaq Mohammed, the IOL and Cape Times sports editor, chatting to us about the world of rugby.